0: Okay, we are back. So, listen, guys, I have a really great interview, uh, and I have to say, I don't know this gentleman very well. I just was just getting to know him a little bit from um, our, our little conversation we were just having, and I had to ask him to stop talking because he was saying so many things that I wanted to come out on the podcast today. I'm really excited to introduce my co-host and uh, special guest, Mr. Aaron Rawls. So, Aaron, welcome to today's podcast.
1: Thanks. Good to be on the podcast. My 1st a little nervous. You're
0: Oh well, you didn't sound nervous a second ago. Now, son, (laughs) don't start getting nervous. (laughs) Well, here's the key: just forget that there's tens of thousands of agents that are going to be listening to this podcast for until the end of time and judging every single word you make. So that if
1: that doesn't make you
0: not nervous, nothing else will.
1: (laughs) No pressure at all. Let's roll. No
0: pressure at all. All right. So let's let's just jump into it. Where do you sell real estate? How long have you been in the real estate business? Just give them some basic bio information on yourself and uh, then we're going
1: to get into the weeds so i'm uh 44 years old been married for going on 21 years Father to three kids 18 16 and 12 um got into real estate about three and a half years ago and have never looked back it's been a a very good decision for me and my family i own another business and uh that's a barbershop so i own a pretty busy barbershop in sacramento county called lucky's barbershop and uh I started to realize over the years of working there that, while cutting hair, I, you know, I'm kind of the guy that everybody calls when they need something. You know, if you're going to buy a new truck, you call me. If, if you're getting tiled done in your house, you need a new roof. I'm the guy that always knows a guy, and I only deal with honest and ethical people. I don't refer anyone out that isn't. I don't accept any kickbacks. I, anybody that offers me referral fees for anything, I always just say, you know what. Give it uh, if you can afford to give me a referral fee. Take care of my friend that much better. Whoever I sent over, and it. One day I came home and I told my wife. I said I'm going to get my real estate license, and uh, my wife rolled her eyes because we've been together since high school. So I met her when she was, you know, 15 and a half, and we went to high Aaron, school listen, together. And so she listen, listen,
0: Aaron. Listen, I met Julie when she was 15 and a half too.
1: Yeah, Jillian, so I,
0: think, I mean, like I said, listeners, we're just getting to know each other. julie right. I've been married for almost 30 years this year. This is crazy. I had no idea this about you. Anyway, sorry. Yeah,
1: so so you know what it's like when you know someone that long. Yeah. So when I came home and told her that, she rolled her eyes, goes, oh, great, now you're going to be a realtor. Because I'm already kind of going nonstop. And uh, I started studying. I was still working in the barbershop five to six days a week, and I'd get up at 5 a.m., take my study material to the gym while I was on the uh, treadmill or the bike and I'd I'd study and read because everything was so boring when I was at home that it would kind of put me to sleep so I found that by doing uh, any type of cardio exercise while I was studying just really helped retain the knowledge and I've stuck with that ever since I'm always at the at the gym now with a book while I'm doing my cardio or uh listening to a podcast or or studying you know KV core Vulcan seven, whatever it is, I'm I'm trying to really dial in, that's when I do it the best. And uh yeah, you know, I got my license and first year made Masters Club, made Masters Club every year since then. I've I, I take it real serious and I um I get after it. And I still cut hair two days a week, ten hours a week. And you day. are
0: lucky. You are lucky of Lucky's, I assume.
1: Or is that yeah, just the well, name? yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to name the barbershop after myself and I'm a poker player so I thought Lucky sounded a little better. <gasps>
0: Well, here's something else you told me prior to our podcast today, prior to me hitting the recording button, is that you are covered with tattoos, and you are somebody that – okay, so – I mean, I want everyone to have a visual of what you look like just so they can understand. And I'm I'm telling – I know you're not embarrassed to answer that question, obviously, um, but the reason I'm wanting you to answer it is because people always make a Bullshit excuses why they can't do something, right? Yeah. Why so, somebody's gonna? I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too this and the other thing. So let them yeah. know how how not uh, real estate agent you look. <laughs> yeah. What so me.
1: okay, I'll touch on that a little bit. Um, so I started losing my hair, so I have a shaved head. Um, I've got tattoos literally from the bottom of my neck to my hands, my knuckles, my both legs, my entire back, my whole chest. I drive low riders, I ride Harleys. I'm but I'm also I coach my kids in baseball the whole time they grew up, coached them all in soccer as they grew up. You know, I'm very active in the community. Uh and uh, e- even even for me being covered in tattoos and being confident, you know, I I hadn't planned on getting into real estate and the tattoo thing wasn't a big deal as a barbershop owner. But once I once I took the, the direction of going to real estate, I, I actually felt very self-conscious in these real estate gatherings or um, you know, doing open houses. I would always be 110 degrees out. I'm wearing long sleeves. I'm real self-conscious of my hands, always having them in my pockets. And the time my business flourished is when I said to hell with all that, and I just started being myself. People that are attracted to me, you know, I, I always say when, when you come through, whether it's my open house, we meet in the barbershop. I want to attract clients that when the deal is done, we go out and have a beer together. You know, I'm a hard worker. I'm above the board, honest and ethical, and any successful real estate agent definitely should have that at the at the top of their list, uh, first and foremost. Conduct everything honestly, ethically. If a deal ever goes sideways, if I ever make a mistake, I am prepared to 100% credit all of my commission back to my buyer, whatever it takes to make a... Uh, to keep my reputation intact, and to continue, continue to get the referrals that I get. So I felt like even though I'm tattooed and, and you know I'm a little different than a lot of the run-of-the-mill real estate agents that are out there, uh, it, it hasn't hurt my business. If anything, it's helped me, you know, especially well, when I go on listing appointments where I'm going up against other agents and everything else. I just did one the other day. We got it. We've, we've been on the market two weeks. I got a $1.4 million listing. They were interviewing four other agents, and I did not know these awesome. people. You know, so Dude, awesome. how does that happen? <laughs> it's weird.
0: Well, here's the thing that I again, uh, just from getting to know you, you've got what all the, the the one element that you must have to be really successful at anything. You've got hustle, right? You're, yeah, you've got that, You've got relentless hustle, right? And that's yeah. the thing. You're you're going to chase something down. You're not going to ask a dumb question like, "How often should I follow up on a lead?" I mean, that's just like a question that wouldn't even pop into your mind. The answer is until they, you know, you already know the answer. But yeah. answer for podcast listeners until they list with you or somebody else, they file a restraining order against you. You know, that last part's a joke. But the point is, is that when you've got that work ethic, it does not matter. All the look, you can have lack of skill. You can have lack of education. You know, you can have lack of hair on your head. It doesn't yeah. matter
1: if you are yeah. willing to
0: work hard. That's what people are attracted to.
1: I mean, yeah, and you- I, I give an analogy w- with some of the agents I know. You know, it's it's easy to succeed in this industry when you when you realize the lack of effort that your competitors are putting in. I mean, there's right now in Folsom, it's probably one hundred one, one hundred two degrees, and there could be twenty dollar bills scattered throughout my neighborhood right now and there'd be real estate agents making up excuses why they can't go pick them up. Whereas, you know, you or I will be out there until the sun comes up tomorrow picking up every one of them. And that's just, you know, you've got to approach it like that. It's, it's easy to be successful nowadays when so many other people are looking for the easy way out if you just do the basics of good business.
0: So I want to ask you a question on something you just said. Huh? Um, why do you think, in your opinion, what you just said is true because it is true so why is it that you would be out there when it's 110 degrees out picking up those 20s where all the other agents would be making looking for some sort of easy button so they didn't actually have to do the work what it what well, makes you different
1: well uh, you know I have a family I, I'm married I have three children I have a family that depends on me to to work hard my wife is also a full-time real estate agent um, but I I I have people depending on me. If my daughter wants to have a big wedding, I want to help her. My kids want to have a big wedding and they need help buying a house. I want to be there for them. I want to do whatever I can. You know, if my grandparents several years ago went through a, a, a health care where it cost $8,000 a month to, to have them in a care facility. And if, if things like that happen to my family, I want to be able to be there when I need it, when they but need it. But, Aaron, me.
0: why? But why? I mean, everybody has those things happen, mm-hmm. but you're somebody that's taking responsibility for it. Why? Well, is that something that's? Would you agree that that's something that's definitely missing in society right now? That I, I would say of- so, and
1: I, I think a lot of that is, you know, going off on a, on a little different area of what your podcast typically would be. Is, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a Christian. I believe uh, it's my duty to live up to my full potential, and while money is not necessarily uh, the the end all be all, the money is is the means to really affect change in the world to provide for my family and uh se- secure my family's future as well as you know I I do a lot in the community to help also with with the money and uh I I just feel like we all owe it to ourselves to live up to our full potential you know a tree never stops growing it grows until it can till it's the tallest it can be and that's how I want to that's how I want to you know run my business
0: so you're morally obligated not to be complacent and lazy is what I hear
1: you saying 100% 100% right.
0: Yes, and that's yeah. the thing that you know, you can't necessarily or most people can't that are, you know, real achievers, they won't verbalize it that plainly, but that's the internal drive. They feel morally obligated not to be complacent and lazy. And Aaron uses his family and, you know, that that's a great motivator, but even beyond that, there's something internal to him, and it's something internal to all of you that if you decide to ignore, if you decide to, you know, minimize if you decide to like, you know, not allow it to be omnipresent in your life, what you're really doing is you're killing yourself a little bit. You're actually you're working against your own software. Now maybe Aaron's got it a little bit more intensely than other people does, but he probably hasn't always felt that way. It's probably maybe ebbed and flowed at differing levels of intensity throughout his life, but it's always been there and it's always there in all of you. It's just a function as to whether or not you're actually going to listen to it or whether you're going to tune into. The side of life, which is a lot, where oh you're working too hard, oh stop and smell the roses, oh seek life balance, oh do all these other things, all these other things that are trying to pull you away from your moral imperative of becoming the best version of you. So yeah, I mean, I, a, a lot of yeah. those
1: things that you just said are, are excuses by people uh, for for reasons not to succeed. You know, it's real easy to throw those excuses out. It's a lot different to. You know, get up four or five in the morning, do your studying, go work a full day, come home, coach soccer. You know, it's, it. People make excuses and and whatever. You know, it's everybody has a different full potential and and as long as you're happy, I guess uh, that's what counts. I I, I want to pay off you my think house. That's I want to be.
0: You, I don't, yeah. sir. I, again, we're just getting to know each other, but I'm going to call you out on that. I don't think happiness is the end all and be all. How does that even make sense? Because if you're going to be, are you happy all the time when you're doing what you do when you're out there in the when it's 110 degrees picking up those 20s, you know?
1: No, so, no, but but I I I think some people are happy. Um, let, let's say working for the state, making 3,500 dollars a month, and they're happy and fulfilled, and that's good for them. But I just feel like there's kind of more more in the tank for me, and more more um, I, I, that wouldn't fulfill me. I you know some people are very content with with different things. I I want more and I want to be a little more secure I guess.
0: Well, it's because you have to offer and you don't you'll feel like you're somehow betraying yourself if you're not actually yeah. offering it. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, that's the moral imperative, right? So Correct. you said something a second ago. You said that you spend time uh working on uh you mentioned this prior to me hitting the record button too on self-improvement stuff. You said you're listening to podcasts and reading books. I'm sort of yeah. know, curious. I'm sure the listeners are as well. What do you listen to? What are you finding, like, what are you attracted to? You said you're really listening to a lot of business-type stuff.
1: So, yeah, I, I focus heavily. I spend one to three hours every day studying. I do not ever miss a day. And, and that's as simple as when I say studying. If I'm doing driving or, or having to go to different appointments, I'm listening to podcasts. I, I rarely listen to music much. Um, so I'm, I'm focusing on podcasts. I've got a ton of books. I'm, I'm always reading books. I still take a book to the gym and read while I'm doing my cardio I feel like one of the main problems that that real estate agents get into is, you know, you come home like I did. I came home and decided one day I'm going to get my real estate license. Well, when I when I started the habit of studying, I realized that I need to continue to study, to learn business, to learn all the different systems, CRMs. You have to continue to improve. Um, I equate it to this. If uh, if. Tim, if you decided you were going to start, you know, tomorrow you're going to become a a professional boxer, what are some things you're going to do? Number one, you're going to start studying film on boxing. You're going to hire a boxing coach. You're going to start going to a boxing gym. But when it comes to real estate, people get their real estate license, Aaron? and then they just expect that it's going to come to them. You know, you've got to put forth yeah. effort yeah. to learn the business. I know real estate agents that have never read a whole contract, and that just scares me to death. You know, never taking the time to fully understand the contract that that's terrifying as well as embarrassing when you're sitting at a kitchen table and people are asking you questions about it um, so you you've got to put forth the effort the the money is out there, and the people that are making the good money have put forth the effort
0: well also they have a very they don't have a sense of entitlement to the success you know again a lot of them can't verbalize it this succinctly but they are willing to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level in other words every single day they're not um... they're willing to buckle themselves into some resemblance of a schedule which clearly you're doing and they force themselves some days they force themselves to do what they know they have to do every single day to move themselves closer to their goals and they do it whether they feel like it or not whereas most people only work even you know a little bit here and there when they feel a certain way in other words If they don't feel motivated, they're not going to do any real work. And they spend the rest of their time and days become years become decades just toiling away, feeling motivated here and there, waiting for their big why, trying to understand what it is that, you know, why is it that I'm not succeeding? It's just because they're not really willing to grind it out and do the boring crap that's basically part of being successful at anything. You know, that's the thing. You really
1: really do have to put forth the the energy and the effort. Nothing good comes from, from not doing it. You know, if you don't exercise, you're going to get fat. If you don't love your wife, you're going to get divorced. You know, there, there's certain things you just got to do.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> you you yep. know, it's a it's a no-brainer. You've got to study your business or you're not going to be successful at it.
0: So let's talk about lead generation. I really – you and I touched on this prior to our call and, or prior to, you know, the, the official start here. And um, I loved how basic of some of the things that you're doing that you're being very successful at – for lead generation. So talk to the listeners about um, open houses because that's something you mentioned and tell them what you're doing and how you're getting a lot of business from them.
1: Okay. So um, my best month in real estate, I made $100,000 in one month. And I credit that to, that was my second year in the industry. I credit that to open houses. I've heard agents tell newer agents open houses are a waste of time. Well, I I don't believe that. And here's why. (laughs) Open (laughs) houses. I mean, it, it's crazy. O- open houses, you've got people that are actively looking for a home or possibly a neighbor considering selling their home. There's really no downside to doing them. Anyone you meet is going to be a 100% closer you were to your goal than the morning before You know, where you weren't doing an open house. So anytime you get to meet people at open houses, it's a no-brainer. Here's the number one thing there's two things that I think most real estate agents do wrong in my experience when it comes to open houses. Number one, I do not ever ask if they have an agent. I never, ever ask that because once, once they tell you they do, you can no longer engage them at, you can, you know, it's not really ethical to continue to try to, to get them to, to be your potential client. But much like if you're at a bar, and you see an attractive woman. When she says she has a boyfriend, if you keep trying to hit on her, you're you're a scumbag. So I do not
0: understand that analogy. I've been married for three <laughs> decades, but I'll go with what you said.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the open houses are the same. I don't ever ask if they have an agent. I just kill them with kindness. I I and genuinely, by the way, if they do have an agent, I'm I'm still super nice. It's not like I stop talking to them. Really cool. Um, but before they leave my open house, I'm going to go up to you. I'm going to say, hey, Tim, Julie, great meeting you guys. Here's my business card. My wife and I are full-time real estate agents in this area. If there's anything we can do to earn your business or to help you, please give us a call. I'm most, I'm gonna, most... let, me, let me just build on something you just said because uh-huh.
0: it's really what you said was so important. Uh, when you ask listeners, when you ask them if they're working with an agent, they don't know what working with an agent means. Right? Yeah. So they might be in some agent's drip campaign you know, because they fill out some form a thousand years ago and they think that's what working with an agent means. You think they know what that means, they don't know what that means, so don't ask the question in the first place. Because after you know, what he's saying, listen to what he's saying because there's absolute gold in it. And let's also be honest listeners, why do some of you, some of you when you're in, interacting with customers, you are looking for a reason to disengage because you are nervous about what to say and how to say it. So you're looking for them to say, I'm working with – you're looking for them to say anything that makes us so you could stop talking to them because you're so nervous about interacting as a salesperson because you don't know what to say. So sorry, Aaron, didn't mean to.
1: Yeah, that's 100% true. You get, and and just, you know, humans are – we're it's getting faster and easier with all the the distractions and all the marketing that's being done to us people know they don't they don't want to sign in that's why you get fake emails fake this is my experience i'm not sure what your thoughts are on this tim but i don't have sign-in sheets it's very low-key and i go hey if you guys want me to send you anything you know you can either write your address here or text me later it's really nonchalant i want them walking out of that door going dang that guy was cool he wasn't like these other two open houses we just hit where they're wanting us to sign in and you know, the homeowners say for their security, they want you to sign in and this and that. Cause I, I feel it's a little disingenuous or, or when people ask if you have an agent. I've seen it when I've gone to other open houses where, oh, you're working with an agent, and then they just kind of shut off those clients. They're not even actively trying to sell the home anymore. You know, your main goal in open houses is to sell that property for the homeowner, for your client, and then picking up the picking up more, more clientele is, is the bonus, but – the way I see it when I get a signed contract, my number one mission that day is to sell this house. And then client retention after that is is obviously just one step below that, but equally it's very important as well. But um, just always try to be nice. Always try to extend yourself and help regardless of what may or may not be in it for you, and you'll be surprised how it comes back around. Yeah, I mean, it's so as
0: far as, as, far as the sign-in thing goes, here's the problem with asking people to sign in. It's what you said, but also the problem is is that oftentimes agents will ask someone to sign in, it uh, doesn't matter what form of signing in, and then they won't talk to them. So in other words, they'll use, again, it's the fear of talking with someone thing because you don't know what to say. So if you're using a sign-in book or whatever, and you're not talking with people, then you're defeating the purpose because they're going to probably not give you real information if they sign in at all. And you haven't really, you haven't really in any way attached to them. They don't know you, they don't have any opinion of you, other than the fact that they walked through a house, they saw you sitting in a corner on your computer, and you didn't say anything. You left a really bad impression with those people as they came through your open house. But the most yeah. effective ways. The most effective ways of getting people to leave their information is just do a daily raffle for like a Starbucks card or something. I mean, anything little, any little chintzy thing like that will make a difference to get people to register, but really at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to do just what Aaron just said. You got to talk to them. Now, let's talk about this. Let's just drill down on this. This is a really important point. What type of house, when someone's holding a house open, what type of property it's like if you could just do this type of property open for the rest of your real estate career, can you describe it? Like what's the one that's going to be like a buyer magnet?
1: Well, I would say one um, of the lower-priced ones. <laughs> you know, no, it, it sounds exotic to say sure. oh, I've got a $1.4 million listing on the lake, and my listing that I have on the lake right now is amazing. 10-car garage, lake access. I mean, it's 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 rad. But how many people are coming to a $1.4 million open house? You know, whereas when I do a open house for, in our area, a $500,000 home is a very, very good deal in this market right now in Folsom. And we'll have 23 groups through, 28 groups through in a day, you know, in a two- or three-hour window. So it's, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the sweet spot. So don't always for go sure. for the high-end ones. I hear everybody talking about, I want to do luxury. I want to get, do this and that. Mm-hmm. I've done luxury. It's The money's good when it does close, but they take longer. Usually it's more marketing. I mean, I, I spent... $1,450 in a full-page ad in the luxury home magazine to, to advertise that property for them, you know. Um, so it, it's different. Don't You can't swing for the fence if you can't hit a ground ball, you know. Start off with the, the homes that you're going to get the action at. You're going to get those at-bats. Every time someone comes in, that's an at-bat. Greet them. Remember their name. Have a, I have a little cheat sheet or I'll text myself their names as they walk in. Tim and Julie Harris. Blue shirt, you know what I mean, so I don't forget. That way if there's several groups... And you're on your way out. I'll make sure I go over. And I'm not looking at my phone, but I'll run back over and say, hey, Tim, Julie, thanks for coming in. And you're like, wow, we've been here half hour. That guy remembered our name this whole time. Little things like that make a big difference.
0: Tiny little things like that make – yeah, they make all the difference because just that huge. little tiny connection is huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he just said something, listeners, re listening? The ones that you want to hold open are going to be like the perfect first-time buyer type house. Um, and if you know, and by that you're going to get people that don't have a house to sell. Look, in some markets, in some some of your markets, you're going to have um, that's not going to be your your bread and butter. You're going to want to have houses open that are, uh, you know, the move up type buyer house. Then you're going to obviously get maybe somebody has to sell. But the problem is sometimes they're also going to have a realtor that they're going to have from whoever sold them the first house. So if you're running to build some quick transaction velocity, the first time home buyer type houses are great. Now you got to think about what you're holding open. Are you going to, you know, you got to leave people, room for people to park. You got to, if it's a condo, I mean, those are not going to get as many people through an open house as a house. Um, You're going to have to make it so that they don't have to, you know, snake back through a neighborhood. Try to, when you're holding houses open, really think strategically about what you're going to do to peel the most people in and that is fantastic. Now here's some interesting statistics on open houses, is the reason we love them is because when you look at the buyer behavior, everybody's buying behavior starts on the Internet. That's the least motivated buyer you're going to get as an Internet buyer lead. <laughs> are you listening, listeners? Those are the ones you buy from Zillow. Wonder why those are, generally speaking, not great leads? Well, there's part of the reason why. The most motivated buyer leads are the ones that are driving neighborhoods, because those are people that have actually probably gotten to the point where they've decided what community, maybe decide what neighborhood, maybe decide what section of the neighborhood, maybe they're down to five streets, and they're driving through looking through open houses every Sunday. If they're first-time buyers, chances are they don't have a commitment to a particular agent for the reasons I previously stated. Those are the ones that are easiest to convert, because they also are going to be the ones that are going to be the most appreciative of somebody like Aaron. Somebody's yep. willing to go above and beyond, and you can get transaction velocity on those guys. You can, you know, sell three or four or five, ten houses like that. If you don't have a listing, hold somebody else's listing open that has that meets the criteria. So, what do you do, like as far as signage and things like that, to get to draw attention to the house? Like, I'm assuming you're putting out more than one open house sign. I, I
1: have um, right around 20 signs. I put every one of them up. <laughs> And it sucks. Go. It's the worst part of my day is putting out those dang signs, bringing them in. And here's what I do when I do the signs. Also, I'll go early enough. Remember, the the way I look isn't very conducive to door knocking, and I get it, because I am covered in tattoos. However, if I'm gonna put a sign like, oh, this would be perfect one in this house. You know, some of them are the stake signs that go into the grass. I'll knock on yep. the door real quick. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm holding an open house down the street. Uh, is it okay if I put a sign in the corner of your yard? Oh, go ahead, honey, you know, and I give her a flyer, and I say, um, here, whenever we do open houses, we get a – it's called Beach Hut Deli. We have a nice big party platter, and we do different things. So I always say, come on down. We'll have lunches. Come grab a a sandwich if you want. Here's a flyer. So not only does she close the door thinking, well, that was nice of him to ask. Whenever anybody's in this neighborhood, they just stick signs in my yard. But I invited her down to grab a sandwich. I didn't think she might want to sell. I don't ask her anything like that. I'm just being nice and cool. And hopefully she comes down and grabs a sandwich and we get to talk. And you know, she goes, "Oh, I met a nice guy the other day." And her maybe her neighbor's selling, so I I use that as a way to to touch on the you know, knock on the door or the guy's washing the car. I will say, hey, "Is it okay if I do this?" and invite him on down.
0: And see, so you know, I put out all the thing.
1: signs. That, that, that's your storefront for the day. You know, I see these agents exactly. putting two signs out, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know, I don't get it. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: And here's the here's the thing with what he's saying, listeners. Did he say a single thing that all of you couldn't do this weekend, right? Are we talking about anything that requires calculus or a fancy logo or branding or website? No, we're talking about the core level stuff. And here's the thing: all of you need to get very clear on. And I'm sure he's doing SMSing. I'm sure he's sending emails and all that stuff. But the reality of it is as more agents flock to the easy button, which is all the passive stuff, the agents that are making the money are like Aaron who are out in the field who are actually doing the real work of real estate and who are not uncomfortable having conversations with people about what they're – you know, how much time – let's just pivot and talk about um, scripting or more specifically conversation outlines, what you're saying. To uh, ascertain their motivation, things like that. So when you meet somebody in an open house, a yeah. buyer. Let's sit, since we're focused on that, how do you go about understanding? I'm, uh, do you do it in the open house? Do you follow up with a phone call? Walk the listeners through your process to determine the, the level of motivation.
1: Um, just, just, uh, just a genuine interaction when they come through the open house, and then obviously anything following up from there. And I, I think one of the things that helps me a little bit more is that as a kid I was very shy. But one of the other things you don't know, too, is I worked in law enforcement for 11 years before even doing the the barbershop thing. So I I was in law enforcement. I I had to get comfortable speaking to people in the barbershop. The barbershop's very busy. So when I opened that, I was working seven days a week. You have to get good at you. I I had to get out of my shell. I had to say good morning. I had to say hi. I had to get to know people and start those conversations. So it's almost it's, it's effortless at this point, you know, and and as long as you're genuine in everything you're trying to do no one's ever going to get upset people start getting upset when they feel like you're selling them and if you're just a genuine person trying to help and that that's the other thing i, I believe in in real estate a lot of uh realtors overanalyze the sale i'm using finger quotes the sales part of it and this and that i saw just, them just be a genuinely good person and try to help people and it becomes more and more easy you know, well, the
0: overanalyzing—the overanalyzing—I—I I, I politely say is a smart person's way of procrastinating, because really, that's what you're doing when you're overanalyzing. By yeah. overanaly—like you're going to listen to something that Aaron and I just said, and your initial impact, your initial thoughts going to be, "Crap, that's easy, I could do that," and now you're going to be lost in thought of, oh, "I don't have a listing. Where am I going to get a listing? Nobody in my office you, has you a call, listing. call—you call like, people blah, blah, blah. that
1: do. I, you know, when yes, I have exactly. someone call me, or I have a one of my lender buddies or something go hey i got this new agent she she really wants to get started i don't ask what brokerage she's with i don't ask mm-hmm. any of that i say is she a nice person yeah yeah she she seems to be really interested and this happened a few months ago and i said okay have her call me and so i sent her a couple of the uh, she texted me and i sent her a couple of the listings we had and asked her if she wanted it you know what she she said can well, you let me know when you have any in eldorado hills <laughs> Yeah, um, you've got no business I just offered you three different open houses, and you want one in Eldorado Hills? Don't bother calling me anymore. I told my buddy that too. Don't don't even have her call me anymore.
0: Isn't that weird though? That.
1: I mean, that, I, I mean
0: that was that wasn't that bizarre?
1: It's but it, amazing. So, so
0: let's talk about. Well, it's good for you, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I didn't yeah. have to waste any more time with her. And exactly. you said something earlier. I'd love to to say too. You talked about the Zillow leads. Mm. There's so many. We're like a bunch of fish swimming around out there, and there's lures in front of us every day from all these gimmicks promising these leads. People should not buy any of that stuff. There is no reason to spend a dime if you're new in this industry. Get your butt to open houses. If you don't have open house signs, you can't afford to buy open house signs, go buy the, the, the listing agent that's putting the house up. They, they may not be your name out there for that day, but at least you're getting in a house. Stop, stop making excuses. Stop finding reasons why you can't do it borrow open house signs, just go do it and and you'll be successful like like you wouldn't imagine. If you do 10 open houses in a month, you're going to get business if you have any basic business sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as you don't sit in the corner and fart during an open house and just hide out, if you just, you know, get off your butt and have so like a lot of people you mentioned you had to teach yourself to go through the ability to have conversations with people, And unfortunately, in society right now, people spend so much time by themselves, you see this at real estate conferences too, they just do not know how to have conversations with people. And I'm just going to say this just for the sake of our listeners, because you already intuitively know this obviously, is guys, the easiest way for you to have conversations with strangers is something that's been taught since like the stone age. It's called F-O-R-D, and no, I'm not talking about cars. it's called Ford. So when you're trying to have a conversation with a stranger, always start out by ask. First of all, the rules are ask questions. Don't talk about yourself. That's just basically it. Ask questions. Don't talk about yourself. The F, the F stands for family. So just start talking to them about their family, how long they've lived in the area. They have any kids and all that. And for the most part, That's going to be the the, – that right there is going to make it so that you guys can become friends. But don't do what most people do where you're just listening to what they're saying with bated breath, just waiting to talk about yourself. Don't do that. If for some reason the conversation wanes or if they don't have a lot of family stuff to talk about, then talk about occupation. But don't just start swinging at the fences talking about real estate. You need to get them by asking them questions and showing genuine interest in the other person, which all of you, unless you're a sociopath, you do have a genuine need to know other people, connect with other people. It's part of how we're made. We want to have friends. We want to be part of a community. You have that innate desire inside of you. So you're not, you, you maybe feel like you're faking a conversation because you're following something you heard on a podcast, Ford, what the hell is that? But the reality of it is, is that in the act of doing it, you'll make it your own. You be, It'll become intuitively part of you, and you're all of a sudden going to start making friends everywhere. Get off your butt, join orange theory. Do things that are going to make it so that you are forced to be around other people and practice what I'm suggesting to you. And you'll find that everybody's going to want to be your friend because you're the person that showed genuine interest in them by asking them questions, because what's everyone's favorite topic themselves?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, anything like Orange Theory, CrossFit, softball, yep, anything sure. where you're around other people and you have a chance to create a bond, that that's how you build a, a great book of business for real estate also. That, that's, Definitely. You know, the bond I have with the, through the barbershop and all the guys that I know and everything else is, is – uh, it's priceless. And just like you said, you know, everybody likes talking about themselves. Even if it's not ego-driven, when a guy sits in my chair and I'm going to give him a haircut – I want to know what he does. Hey, how much are you on lunch break? Oh, where do you work at? You know, I'm a welder. Really? My dad was a welder. I always find common ground. Oh, you're in the military? Really? My son's talking about going to the Navy. What branch were you in? Oh, okay, cool. You know, you just, and it's not fake. It's really genuine. And I I gather so much knowledge. And then that's how I I know who's the guy to, you know, do a room add-on at your house or install ceiling fans, you know, because I'm, I'm conscious about it and I go out of my way to do business with people that do business with me. So I send referrals. I, I, I do so much of that. Um and it's it all comes back to the genuine interest of helping people and trying to give back. And And you those
0: of you who are listening who are super analytical, you're super introverted, you're you're like saying that's not for me. I just I wanna you know, that I can't yes you can. Okay, you can. You know you want to. So just take a little bit of a risk and just listen to some of these. It's a simple – don't analyze what he's saying, okay? Don't think about it. Don't over – you know, don't read a bunch of books about it. Just go out and just test for it and get people talking. Here, if you want proof, think about this. Who is the only person in your life right now that ever asks you genuine questions about you? Who? Your mom? Maybe, okay? That's it. Your wife? Occasionally, but probably not. Yeah. Your dog? <laughs> no, probably not. Your kids? Never. So yeah. nobody really sh- it, The only person that might is like a coach or your psychologist or your doctor, and they're only asking questions just so they can solve your problem. Nobody asks questions about you anymore because in society right now, it's always talking about yourself. Become the person that asks questions and shows genuine interest in other people, like what Aaron does intuitively, and you will find you have that special as the French say, je ne sais quoi. You'll have that it factor. You will be like a magnet because people want to be around you because last time they were around you, you showed genuine interest in them, and they were able to talk about themselves, and it made them feel good.
1: Yeah. Okay? Can I, can I yeah. throw a plug out there from one of the podcasts I listen to that, Hoorah. in my opinion, yes, sir. this guy this guy is just one of, the, one of the best at it and just super genuine, good guy and and it just screams from every ounce of him anytime he's talking to someone he's also got youtube videos and it's ed Milett, mylett m y l e t t ed mylett is ultra high producer business wise and just an all around good guy and uh you know i i i listen to him all the time and i'm copying some of the stuff he does and try to be better about not having my phone in my hand putting it in my pocket ignoring it you know being being present in the moment and uh, you know, my wife has really helped me to be be like that as well. Because I'm, you know, when you when you're doing business, my phone. I mean, I'm looking at it sitting on the desk while I'm talking to you, and it's just going off nonstop. I, I don't even know what I'm going to have to <laughs> answer back to. But I don't want to get lost in my train of thought speaking with you by being distracted on that. So I've I've got it set aside. And uh, if more people could could even just get that down, practice getting that down, uh, everything will will help. And and when I was newer, too, and even now still, if I see open house signs, I pull in and I see what agents are doing with, that I like or that I don't like, you know. And uh, I, I use that to help get my business going. One of the things uh, open house related I forgot to, to mention earlier is at my open houses, I 100% all the time have music going. Mm-hmm. We have We have reggae music going. We have fun, upbeat music going because it is awkwardly – Quiet in most open houses, and nobody likes that. Everybody likes an ambiance. If you're going to go to a nice dinner, you you expect to have some background music. If you really think about everywhere you go, typically there's music playing. But open houses, it's like a it's like a funeral. You know, I don't like that. So our open houses are a lot more fun. Music's going. You know, we might even have a bucket of beer on ice sitting out by the pool for someone to hang out while we're while we're there. You know, I'll say, Tim, Julie, go. We've got beers on ice by the pool. Go go hang out, enjoy yourself. We were not over till three, you know. And it's it, it
0: helps. One of our coaching one of our coaching clients, uh, Colette McDonald, she's a mega agent and uh Atlanta. I just Number listened one. to hers
1: hers the other day, I think. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. She was isn't rat- she?
0: Yeah, so what she does is she has an ice cream truck that she'll park out in front of some of her open houses, and then especially if it's a neighborhood full of a bunch of families, kids, you know, and that obviously gets all the neighbors out because the ice cream's free, and then we have other uh, folks when they do open houses, what they'll do is they'll just, you know, I'll tell you, you know this because you've had little children, I've got a little girl who's five and a half, and she sees a balloon from like three miles away, man, she's going to want to know what that thing's all about, Right. So yeah. yeah, that's the other thing is they'll, you, know, you could do little things like that to make people feel more comfortable. Um, and yeah, guys look, I mean he said it, buying leads is just, well he wasn't this blunt, but buying leads is just plain dumb, it's just lazy, go out and get your own business. And the other thing that's nice about it is once you learn how to do it, you can't have that taken away. So all the talk in the industry is about agents, you know, being irrelevant, tech companies replacing them, and all of a sudden we're just going to be intermediaries who are going to be, like, standing at the cash register asking buyers and sellers if they want fries with that. I mean, that's kind of the – You know, dystopic as I like to say, vision of the future these tech companies have for us. The only way for you to fight back is not be lazy and do what Aaron and you know our coaching programs are all about. You got to learn how to basically have conversations, meaningful conversations with folks, and you have to be in front of them. That's something that that is sacred ground, that is defensible ground that the tech companies will never be able to compete with you on. If you think you're going to beat them online, good luck. If you think you're going to beat them on SEO, good luck. If you think you're going to beat them on any of these digital formats. Don't bother, because I just told you the best buyers are driving the open are driving looking for open houses on Sundays. Go there, go to where they are. Yeah, you'll pick off business. So totally. I have two more questions for you. Yep. Do you set goals?
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I just so I just said I just said uh, one the other day. I won't go 30 days without having a beer, or any drop of alcohol. And I don't even drink a lot. I'm just I'm trying to work out harder and get in shape. You know, I got a boat, and I'm like, man, I'm getting fatter by the day here, but. I notice we've been going out more, drinking more wine, having a beer, socially, more and more. So I go, you know what, no more beer or alcohol for 30 days, period. I'm increasing my water. I'm increasing my workouts. Um, business-wise, I my goal this year is to do 100 transactions. So um, that, that's where that's at. I'm also very cognizant, like I've heard on your podcast before, one of the things that people get caught up on, Oh, mega producer, doing this, doing that. Ego. Well, yeah, he's spending $40,000 a month on leads. What good is that? <laughs> yep. He's damn near working for free, you know? I
0: have no idea, man.
1: You, you've insane. even got me. One of the things I'm spending money on, I, I spend $120 a month for this nicer website, but the brokerage that I'm with gives me a website. So you got me thinking the other day, I'm like, I'm gonna cancel that thing. That's 120. It's totally bucks.
0: dumb. I mean, they, yeah, look, there's a, at least you mentioned yeah. websites. There is all kinds of research that's shown the average agent from their average from their website, even if they spend thousands of dollars on it, gets a total of zero closed transactions from their website per year. The website game is over, guys. It's been lost. The big boys yeah. won. Don't have a website. Yeah. No one's ever insane. called
1: me and said, "Aaron, you've got a rad website. Will you list my house?" No <laughs> that's one cares. Right.
0: Nobody cares.
1: No. Yep.
0: And oh, how about this? Oh, Aaron, man, I'm going to totally list my house with you. I love your kick-ass brand,
1: right? Nobody yeah, cares. Nobody cares. But or or, they, or notice. I'll bet you my, notice, my 1.4 right? million dollar listing. I could change my sign out tomorrow to a different color and everything else. They probably would not even notice. Oh, they wouldn't notice. They they hire you. Well, they're listen, you hiring me for brokerage. my level of service.
0: Yep. You, that's right. Because you got hustle. Let's. So yeah. you talked about brokerage. I know that you recently. What well, was about a year and a half ago? You switched from the brokerage you started out with, and you switched to EXP.
1: Why? Uh, well, the the brokerage I was at, the kind of the final straw with me was within the within my first year, I was out producing the entire office, and the <laughs> broker was a competing broker. So, and, and I'm not saying that to brag. It's just that it seemed like I was putting more effort into studying business and ways to grow business more than the broker was and kind of the, the final straw for me was we were getting agents with two months in the in um and they're teaching classes and they've never closed a transaction and they're in our brokerage teaching classes and this and that and our our broker wouldn't even teach classes and i i just thought oh man i'm i'm in the wrong spot and and i used to prepay my cap over there in advance i'd cut him a check at the beginning of the year here you go boom and i'd hand him a check and i did that for two years and then finally, I, I said I got to make a change. Uh, a friend of mine was with. Um, I, I switched to Exp, and a friend of mine was with Exp for for a while and for a year. He kept telling me, "Man, you got to look at this." And I kind of felt like he was uh, selling me because I knew there was, uh, you know, revenue share stuff involved with it. And he's like, "Man, I don't, I don't, you know, I just you need to look at it for your family. Look at what it can do for you. You're doing too much production to stay there." Uh, he happened to get me one day, my wife and I were driving and we all had went to high school together, so he knew her and her name's Laura. And he, he she's on speakerphone and he goes, Laura, promise me you'll watch this video and it was the, the Brent Go video. He goes, Laura, promise me and she's like, Okay, I promise So that night we go to bed and we're watching T V in bed and it's it's like ten fifteen and she's she's getting ready to go to bed. I'm like, Oh no, we promised Justin, we're gonna listen to this thing. <laughs> So we're going to listen to it. you know. I didn't want to listen to it, but I'm kind of mad at her. Like, hey, you know, I, I promised him at this point I have to. So I listened to the video, and I'm not joking. I couldn't go to sleep till almost one thirty in the morning. I was so excited and so angry at how much I had lost during that year that I wasted. Um, All right, I that year that I moment. wasted, the stocks were at like three bucks. You know, well, I'm going, to, I'm going
0: to tell you a quick story, this is true. I'm on a coaching call the other day, and I'm not going to mention his name okay because he also was on our podcast and I'm, he's he's a he's a hustler, he prospects, he totally has a massive net you would love this guy, okay Aaron, you guys are brothers from the different mothers is what I'm saying uh-huh. so I'm talking to him I'm talking to him on a private coaching call about his his numbers and what he paid his broker and all that. He sort of knew but he didn't really know, so I did some math and we figured it out he paid. Listen to this. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to his broker last year.
1: Wow. And, yeah, right? Wow. I, 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 I like, had like, another
0: another story that, to tell I, listen, you
1: in regards his, to that, but it's not that bad.
0: His, his, his sale price wasn't his sale price is like less than two hundred grand too. Think how many houses he has to sell to make three hundred and fifty thousand dollars every every year. It's obscene. And like oh. agents don't stop to actually think. And you said it earlier. Like if you're in a market where there's no EXP, for example, and like, well, there's no, you know, you're trying to overanalyze it, good. That's an advantage that's, to you. That's even better, yeah. It is even better. But, I mean, the reality of it is is that you know, the, you and I were talking prior to the show today, and, and, and the fact is, is that in the 25 years that Julie and I have been in real estate, I have never seen anything that is this no-brainer for agents in terms of the different ways that age, uh, EXP supports you. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's, it's like you said, it's almost annoying. You know, once you realize the value proposition it offers versus the normal, like, so what was it that on Brent's video, and I love that guy, you know, he's going to be on our podcast um, next week or the week after. What was it that, about that video that he said that really got you?
1: Well, when I just saw all the tools that are involved, and, you know, I, I had brought a people over to the brokerage I was with. So I I had brought maybe 10, 12 people over there without even trying. People just are attracted to how I do business and me, guys I know from the gym that have licenses and whatnot. And, you know, I had gotten people over there just by saying, oh, it's cool. Yeah, come check it out. And, uh, you know, my broker never even said thank you. So when I left to go to eXp, guess who came with me? All of them. (laughs) So. You know, I started getting revenue share right off the bat. I've been with EXP now, I think, 15 months. I would say out of those 15 months, just the EXP revenue share that I have has probably paid my mortgage for, I don't know, eight or nine months of those. EXP revenue share has paid my mortgage. And that doesn't even include that I reached icon status and got all of my commission back in the form of company stock. I and mean, I think I'm sitting on $40,000 worth of stock right now, maybe a little more. That, you that I would never free. would have had. That I never yeah, would that have you got had. got
0: for free. Exactly. And the, and the stock you didn't buy, you got it for free from just transacting. So, so here's yeah. the essence of it, guys. Um, EXP's put together a really kick-ass seven-minute video, and I want to give this video to you guys. And also, when you request a video, you're also going to be entitled to speak with one of the agent attraction coaches that can really drill down and answer more specific questions for you about EXP. All you've got to do is text the word EXP to 31996 text the word EXP to 31996, and you're going to be sent back instantly that 7-minute video. Watch that video, and then you're going to get a call from um, Corey, and Corey's then going to offer you to have a call with one of the agent attraction coaches, which will help you answer additional questions. So make sure that you, um, you do that right away. So text the word EXP to 31996. So Aaron just said something really important. So the old question was, how much are you paying your broker? The new question or what, you know, EXP has done to the industry is, what is your broker paying you? And that's like, that's completely changed the paradigm. I I tell this story sometimes, I maybe tell it too frequently, but it really gets to the heart of it for me. Um, I'm not an active agent, but if I were, and if I were in my 20s again, I would have never bought any rental properties because Julie and I over the past forever, have for us to accumulate, our original goal when we got into real estate was to have enough paid off rental properties That someday we'd be rich, rich. Whereas our money works for us, we no longer have to work for our money. In other words, the, you know, the cash flow from the rental properties was enough for us to live off of. We accomplished that goal when we were about 40. I mean, Julie's a year younger than me. So, but what did we have to give up in order to accomplish that? We had to give up just a ridiculous amount of time, of effort. We could have gone on more vacations. We could have had more kids. We could have. I mean all the different things it took for us to earn the money to buy the rental properties we wouldn't have had to have necessarily done had we had the revenue share the DXP offers. That to me I don't think it I'm not sure how many people really get the concept of what I just said. But if you like look at the the opportunity. I mean he's getting his mortgage pay- What's your mortgage payment by the way? 1900. Okay. So it's not and, a huge and, and, amount. and
1: by the way, Tim. I don't try to, you know, I'm using my finger quotes again. I don't try to recruit or no. or do that. People are attracted to it because of how I do yep. business, and they're starting to see EXP everywhere. I mean, I even ran a commercial in the movie theater that it, it attracts people to it, but if I put forth effort into that, which I probably should be doing, honestly, it, it would be... You're doing it now, uh, friend. <laughs> it would be drastically more because I am such a firm believer in the company. I've met with Jason Guessing. We've had coffee together. I mean, everybody within the company at the highest levels are so uh, responsive so so sincere in my opinion uh just everything Brent gove is available at a phone call you know it, everything has just been has exceeded my wildest dreams it's the best business decision i've ever made, and I would do it again in a heartbeat and I would have done it sooner because i'd have had I done it sooner I'd probably have over a hundred grand worth of stocks right now just, I know just, people. I know people
0: that have joined a few years ago that have hundreds of thousands of dollars of EXP stock just from doing – yeah, people – so agents listening, I know some of you are skeptics. I know some of you are saying, I am never going to – I'm going to leave Tim and Julie a crappy iTunes review because they talked about EXP. Whatever, honestly. You're just not ready for it. But don't do yourself a disservice and totally close your mind off to it. You're just not ready now. You'll be ready in six months maybe. You'll be ready in a year. But the it took the me a is, year. Yeah, right. The more oh, it took you a year. That took okay, me a well, year to, to even
1: watch the video. I didn't want to hear it. And had no, I okay. know, had I looked at, uh, here's how sincere and serious I am about what EXP has done for me and my family. Remember, I told you I would give my broker a check and prepay him my commission at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, what was your cap by the way at the old company? I'm curious.
1: I had it down. It was at 14 grand, and okay. there was I didn't get anything good out of that. But it, had I had I seen this video the day after I had gave him that check, I would have left the brokerage and joined EXP. That's how much well. I lost. That's how, well, that's why didn't how you much watch I then? Mean
0: it. I mean, why didn't you watch it? Why didn't you what was I preventing just, you from the bottom? I actually just thought winning? he
1: was like really trying to sell me on it and trying to mm. almost like um Amway ish, but it wasn't. Now looking back now he and he's like, See, I told you and, you know, I've known him thirty years. <laughs> he was just trying to help me. Like genuinely trying to help me. You know? And uh I, I just I regret not not doing it sooner, but at least I'm in well, now and it'll be fine. And I'll probably have, uh, I mean I can't even imagine the amount of stock I'll have because every every deal I I buy my five percent worth, you know, out of every closing and I I buy them at a twenty percent discount. So it's just getting better and better every time I close a deal. And when you sponsor
0: somebody and they sell a house, they, you, know, you get a stock award. There's just so many different ways. Like I said, listeners, it's how your broker pays you. That's the new conversation. So if you're really looking for a clear path forward, not just to basically make more money from the transactions you're already doing. We didn't even talk about all the ways that EXP supports you. They have daily training. You know, he was talking about how easy it is to connect with all the, the, uh, the management in the company. You can literally get on uh, their workplace Facebook group, and you can have a direct chat, direct message, uh, Glenn Sanford, the guy who started the company. You can have direct con- you, as an conversation because we're, it, it, when you're in EXP, you know, you are an owner in the company because you're a shareholder in the company. They're, the shareholder summit just happened a couple of weeks ago in Florida. You, it's not a relationship that is normal in real estate because as an agent, you're not just making money from transacting. You're making money from the stock. You're making money from revenue. You're making own money like an owner makes money. That's something that completely changes the paradigm. He mentioned before yeah. that he's got a kick-ass website. You pay a what is it, fifty dollars a month uh, tech fee, and you 120. Get
1: Oh, I've been okay. 120 separate from eXp, but I'm going to cancel it.
0: Oh, you need your website, yeah. Well, so, yeah, because you get your KB Core website, which is a great website, for free. I mean, but let's be honest. You don't really need a website. But that aside. If you thought you did, there you go. You get all these other things that you get as just being part of an eXp, uh, as being an eXp agent. So, look, I mean, it, the bottom line is, is there's – you know, I'll ask you this question. You already said it, though. Had you to do it all over again, you would have done it a couple of years ago, and, I, I mean – I, for all the listeners listening, there's so many of them right now that are, it's halfway through the year, there may be some of them are having their best years ever, some of them are struggling and trying to figure out a way to, out of the starting gates, others of them are, you know, somewhere in between those two things. For everybody in every market, except maybe if you're on the very, very high ends, upper east side of New York, maybe when you're selling, you know, three, you know, $15 million houses per year, maybe this isn't for you, but for everybody else across the country, if you're a normal Joe and Josephine, like all of us really are, there's really no better way for you to build long-term wealth and financial security than what this company offers you. And I'm I'm genuinely enthusiastic about it. Um, and uh, listeners, you should be as well. So again, just text the word EXP to three one nine nine six. Hey man, I really enjoyed our time together. I knew I would from just our little conversation prior. <laughs> well, thanks, I, yeah. You know, you're you're a really you're an interesting person, and you're going to go. You're one of those guys that. Here's the funny thing. I was thinking as you were talking, your tattoos that you were worried about when you got into business, those actually are going to work out to be something that's going to be memorable about you when trying to when someone's trying to recollect who that person was. It's actually going to work to your benefit because you got such a fantastic, caring, genuine personality. I mean, so those two things are going to they they would have not necessarily seemed like they'd compliment each other, but they clearly do. And I think that's kind of fascinating because it's the culmination of all your life experience. I mean, you were a cop. You owned a barbershop. you know. Now you're in real estate. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just fantastic. It's,
1: it's Well, a, it's I, really I, still own, story. I still own the barbershop. I'm still cutting hair. Even And in, in other real estate agents around are like, dude, what are you still doing cutting hair? I'm cutting hair all day, Thursday, Friday, 10-hour days. And it's because I meet people nonstop. And I'm disciplined enough to continue to utilize that platform because that is my lead generation. I'm not so, paying, uh, spending money on lead gen. I'm meeting people in a genuine environment, and we hit it off. And I've got a 60-inch flat screen with my listings going in the barbershop, shop, and they see, and <laughs> that way I'm top of mind. Everybody knows I do that too.
0: Well, so you know, some of the best people, most successful people uh, in real estate, they're former former teachers, cops, firefighters, uh, a lot of uh, people that cut hair. I don't know if you knew that, but that's very you know. Because it's one of the it's a people profession right I mean you're yeah. cutting someone's hair you're gonna have you're not gonna if you're an introvert that's not gonna work cutting hair because they're not gonna to want to go back to you you have to you know the other one is uh, servers you know people at, yeah. so normal like I said this business attracts people. that's right you, you're this business attracts normal but generally speaking if you're graduating from Harvard or Yale. Uh, and, and at the commencement, you're not saying, "Well, I'm looking forward to getting my real estate license." I mean, generally speaking, this business attracts people that are ambitious, that are hardworking, that weren't or didn't have maybe the aptitude or maybe the opportunity to you know go different directions. And so this is they're using real estate to be their thing. And I can't think of another business that's better than real estate. So for all of you that are you know, like he was three years ago, getting into this business. You've made the right decision. Now don't stop making the right decisions. Don't, you know, don't start believing you can buy your way to success. You have to earn your way to success. And remember, at the heart of all of us is, you know, the thing that makes you feel the most fulfilled, the most satisfied, is knowing that you're of service to somebody else. So podcast listeners, I hope You recognize the fact that that's what Aaron and I's mission was on this podcast, to be of service to you, to motivate you, to educate you, and hopefully now to get you into action. So, Aaron, anything else you'd like to say to all these guys before we wrap up today's show?
1: Um, Yeah, I'll I'll leave it with this. Uh, Study business. Study mental mindset. It's very important. I study Navy SEAL stuff. Jocko Willink is another great podcast. Um, Study study things that are going to make you mentally strong. Uh, Real estate is a very emotional business, and don't allow – emotions to come into play on your side of it remember that there's a selling there's a listing agent and there's a buyer's agent your goals are to successfully complete a transaction for your clients do not find reasons to ruin the deal don't allow egos to get in the way there have been times I've been disrespected and talked to crazy and I just roll with it <laughs> you know the old me I remember ready to fight over how some of these agents have talked to me but you can allow emotions to take take place and just remember, everyone should have the common goal, which is to do great service for your clients, to close a transaction successfully. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on ways to uh, to make it better. Focus on ways to smooth it out. Um, and o- always, always do your business with a genuine, pure intention. And I don't think there's any way that you can't become successful. And and Absolutely. from my experience don't necessarily do what everyone else is doing. There's a lot of other people out there that are doing dumb shit. Don't do what they're doing. There's a lot of people acting like they're successful, acting like they're making a lot of money and they're not. So don't, you know, find your way and once you find your way, it'll it it works, you know. And if you don't know where to begin, just do open houses. I get calls every week from agents I do not know saying, "Hi, would you mind if I do an open house?" and sometimes I say, "Yeah." and And they do it, and uh, they they get business from it, and they're very appreciative and that's kind of how I attract for exp if if anything you know they're amazed that I even let them do it. some brokerages won't let them do it.
0: I know it's crazy. So, listeners, if you're looking for a roadmap, our new book is Harris Rules. It's on Amazon. I, you know, a question I was going to ask you. I don't know if you have this at the top of mind. And it's okay if you don't. Do you have any books? You mentioned podcasts. I love the fact you listen to Navy SEAL stuff. Um, so do I. Love that stuff. You know, the I'm sure you read uh, Can't Hurt Me or listen to it at least. I mean, oh, come David Goggins.
1: That yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy, right? So I mean, I've got so good. I, I've yeah. got a ton of books. Literally, I'm I'm reading The Next Millionaire Next Door right now. I'm reading that one along with I just good. started yours. I ordered that. So it's
0: oh, sitting good. on Thank my
1: desk. You. I, I plugged you on social media today as well. Um,
0: oh, good. I you. think
1: 10x by Grant Cardone is a I very, like one too. very yep. good book. I mean, that's that's one I'll read several times throughout my life. And uh, I don't have it in my my bookshelf right now. I'm looking at my books because I I loaned it to someone. Uh, the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink. Another that's a Navy Seal. Um, you know, it, anything and everything. There, podcasts are real easy. There's a big difference between uh, active active um, you know reading or or inactive, which would be a podcast or like an audiobook. And there's something that I think you retain a lot more when it's active when you're physically reading the book and then times out by two if you're doing something like riding a stationary bike or walking on a treadmill i i i can't say that enough that's it's really good i've got robert all of robert kiyosaki's books and uh remember guys it's a business and you need to be looking at your profit margins and uh being cognizant of that and don't spend any money on anything right now if you're <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't exactly. it, it's all a scam uh, none of it works, and it, if it does work, you're going to have to spend a ton of money just to get your money back, you know, just to break even. So you'll be working for free in no time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I underline that a thousand times. Look, guys, if anyone's trying to sell you anything that resembles an easy button, where it's gonna, where they're telling you somehow you don't, you can avoid the real work of real estate. I, what he just said, I, 100. I mean, again, get the book Harris Rules, because we are not going to ever tell you anything to spend money on anything that's not going to A put you into action, you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable. You're going to have to require uh you know, you're going to have to build some skills. But, guys, listen, if you don't, you're not going to make it in the business anyway. You think there's a reason that virtually everybody in real estate fails within two or three years? It's because they're not willing to drill down. And these vultures that are in this business, the techies, the tech companies trying to sell you all this crap, they know you're not going to make it in business. They have no real attachment as to whether or not their product works or not. Look, I'm being really harsh, and some of you are going to be offended, but it is true. And so you've got to really be making business decisions. Some of you don't have, most of you don't have. I certainly didn't have the business acumen to know what a good decision or a bad decision was. So do yourself a favor and listen to someone like Aaron Rawls. I mean, listen to what he did to, you know, be as successful as fast as he's been. Listen to people who've been there done that. Stop trying to think that somehow you have some sort of like, you know, amazing skill and talent to be able to weave together your own real estate success story that's gonna somehow involve you never happening to do what you don't wanna do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. You're just going to fail, and not only that, you're going to fail with a big bunch of credit card debt because you bought into all these gimmicks. So, guys, yeah. listen. Listen to what this guy said. Dude, I loved the podcast. I loved your honesty. I love the fact that you are there in the industry. I'm very encouraged and motivated after talking to you today. It makes me happy to know that people like you are still in the business because I'm so sick of hearing about all these other gimmicky stuff. So,
1: man, <laughs> God bless you yeah. and your
0: family. Hey, and, uh, sometimes hey, you hey, just got to get
1: old school and work, you know? I got a big yeah. a, a shout out to my wife. She was able to quit her oh, yeah. job after 21 years with the state of California to help me run my business. So this definitely isn't all me. And a huge shout out to her because she's definitely helping uh, nonstop as well. So. Uh,
0: is your son really gonna? Is he? You said he's considering uh, the the Navy. Is he considering going right to the Seals or no? Uh,
1: my middle son's considering the Navy. Yeah, that's his top choice. He, he's a little scared wow. about the Seals part of it. He's still only 16 and a half, but he's. He's geared that way, and and like you said a moment ago, uh, one thing I tell everyone I'm in, that's involved with my, my group for real estate is that the money is made in the difficult conversations. Do not put oh, them yeah. off. Pick up the phone and handle it. It's going to suck. People are going to cry. People are going to get upset, but if it's got to be handled, you can't hide and hope it goes away. All it's going to do is make your stomach sick all day. Pick up the phone, handle it first thing in the morning, and continue to move on. That That would really help, and if anybody wants to – To reach me for anything i i can give them my instagram you can follow me on instagram and dm me and i'll help however i can give you my phone number whatever shout
0: out your ig what is
1: it it's just lucky barber one word lucky barber all in one word
0: i won't push out the i won't point out the irony of a bald barber but that's that's from a different that's for a different podcast
1: (laughs) yeah hey that's my my curse i used to have a nice thick full head of black hair and now it's all gone (laughs) <laughs>
0: hey, man, I really appreciate your time. EXP is lucky to have you. So, listeners, your homework from today's podcast is text the word EXP to 31996. Aaron, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Tim. Good luck, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c Sweetradio.com.